Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Your own Lynn Wyeth back with us. A couple of her books include Know the Name, Know How to Connect, Know the Name, Know the Person, International Name Expert. Sharon Lynn Wyeth is the founder and creator of Nemology Science. We'll talk about that, the study of the placement of letters in a name. She has evaluated thousands of names back since 1995 and is hired by the human resource departments in choosing appropriate candidates to interview lawyers and how to present cases to judges, individuals who wish to know themselves better and maximize their ability to connect with others. She also assists nationally and internationally in naming new businesses, products, and when people wish to change their names. Sharon, welcome back. Fascinating field. It's an honor to be back with you, George. Thank you for inviting me. My pleasure. How did you get involved in this? I was doing seating charts in my seventh year of teaching, and I started thinking about the kids as if I already knew them. And so I wrote down my impression of everybody. I put it away for three months later, and I got it back out, and I thought, oh, my gosh, my brains picked up some kind of a pattern in their names because that's all I had to work with, and I thought it was very accurate. Now, my brain's thoroughly trained in patterns because I'm a math major and I have my master's. And so I said, okay, how do I make what's subconscious conscious? And that's what took 15 years for me to figure out all the nuances. And then I went and tested it in over 70 countries. And that's why it's so accurate. And it works in every language as long as it's using our lettering system. Does the name make the person or does the person make the name? The name defines what you came to do and what your lessons are in this world, what your seven purposes are, what you came to learn. And so, and it also gives you the timing. So yes, you're going to live into your name. But the reason it works, George, is because when there were still only seven religions on the planet, that they all agreed on ten things. And one of them was that the incoming soul impresses upon the one that's going to be naming them what they want to be called, so we name ourselves. Do you know Marianne Korwitz by any chance? No, I don't. Okay, she uh, wrote a book years ago called Name Power 101, and uh, you and she are the only two people on the planet that I know that deal with names and personalities and things like that. It's fascinating. Well, I look forward to getting to know more about her. And since you've been doing this, and, and, you know, you consult for companies and things like that. I've always wondered why they named a product the way they named it. Some of it's catchy. Sometimes it's not. Uh, yours is like a science, isn't it? It is a science. And you can literally say, what do you want your product to do? How do you want people to feel about it? How do you want people to think about it? And what do you want them to know about you right away? And then what kind of people do you want to attract to your product? You know, who do you want for your buyers or your clients? And then exactly what does your product do? And when I get all that information, then I start matching it with letters. Yeah, it's amazing. Some products that uh, have these catchy names that they've had for years. I I wonder if they had the science den, Did, did they? Well, sometimes I think people just intuitively know what they want to call it, and other times we really study it. You know, like one of the recent ones I did was Podopoly, and it is 
interactive podcasting, almost like, and you're gaming at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we did the pods for pod for podcasting, and then we did Opoly, like the end of Monopoly. And so all the letters worked out right. So that one's going to go really far as she's launching it. Well, even like Facebook used to be called The Facebook. And then one of the partners who came in later on said, just change it to Facebook. And I, I think that simple move made a huge difference, don't you? I do. And you don't want a name that's really, really long. And in fact, there's an article on my website, knowthename.com, that literally tells you uh, 15 things that you want to consider when you're going to name something. So if you don't want to pay somebody to do it, you can do it for yourself. Just follow the guidelines. Interesting. And do the letters have something to do with it, too? The letters do, because every letter means something. For an example, the G in George means I'm a factor for change. I am a change factor. When you come to me, I'm going to help you change your mind about something that's going on, and I'm going to help you be more flexible into growing into a different direction from where you were before. So the fact, George, that you've got this show that literally brings on people that are helping to change other people's minds, it's perfect for your name. Does your last name have anything to do with it, too? Yes. Your first name is your nature, and your last name is your nurture. So you drop your first name into your last name because that's your influence. How do people get their last names? I mean, all around this planet, everybody has a last name. How in the heck did that happen? How did that start, and how did it become that name? How did I become Nori, for example? And we've tried to trace back to our family history as far back as we go. But how did it come up the first time? How does that happen? Well, what they were doing initially, George, was that they were naming you after what your profession was or after where you came from. And then as you moved across things, like if you were on the moor, and then as you moved into different languages, they might mispronounce it and call it nor instead of more. And then likability came with the Y on the end with Nori. Interesting. I mean, part of my name means the light. I wonder if one of our you know, in, uh, relatives from years gone back was like a light worker or something like that. I would think so, because your name carries a lot of light in it, and it carries a lot of nurturing of other people, and it also carries like you're a seeker of the truth and that you don't tolerate mistruth. My producer's last name is Dan Heiser. People think that's his first name, Dan, and they call him Heiser. But his name is Dan Heiser. I mean, how would a name like that come up? Well, I think we honored some places or some cultures honored all of their previous relatives or they tried to squeeze in a little bit of everybody's name. So, for an example, my grandmother had eight names and able to honor all of the relatives that were there. And she came from Germany. And so different cultures did different ways of honoring. For example, if you're in Russia, your middle name is your father's name, and then the ending of the middle name says whether you're a male or a female. And I know in the Middle East, of course, they use a lot of names like Ibn or Bin, which means son of or something like that. Right, and then you'd have your father's first name as your last name. Exactly, exactly. The names are fascinating. Now, when a parent picks a name for a kid... um, I'm going to give you an example. My granddaughter has a little baby girl named Mila. M-I-L-A is how she spells it. 
How did she come up with a name like that? I've never asked her that, but I guess I should. (laughs) They're in hiding right now with this corona thing. Everybody's panicking. Well, what happens is if the soul's impressing upon the one that's going to name them what they want to be called, then the soul says, this is who I want to be. This is the essence of who I am. And Mila means I am family-oriented. Family is going to be very important to me. I want to include everybody. I'm going to be likable, but I'm not going to change who I am to get liked. I'm going to have a lot of self-confidence, even though every once in a while I'll go into doubt, and then I'm going to have to re-talk myself into being self-confident. And she's going to be a fabulous manifester. She's seven months old, and I already see those traits in her. Isn't that amazing how they come in? And what's really amazing, George, is that you never meet a stranger once you know how to interpret someone's name. Well, that is true, too. That is true, too. If you're given the wrong kind of name, well, here's, here, here's, here's a question. If a guy's given a name like Robert, but he is, he is you know raised or he grows up being called Bob or Bobby, does that change things? Yes. Because the birth name, when you lay it all out, gives you your seven lessons while you're here, and it tells you your timing of when you're going to be focused on what and when there's going to be transitions in your life. Okay? Now, you change the, to a nickname, and the minute they start going by a nickname, how they represent themselves or how they appear to others changes, but inside there's still the birth name and that timing and that contract of why we're here remains the same, even though the personality will shift, and so you present yourself differently. But the personality will change, won't it? It it really does. And there's a lot of people that change their names, and then they grow and their personalities change. The other thing that's interesting is when people go under stress, often the personality will shift. And that's represented by the middle name, how you handle your stress. I tend to, uh, when I'm talking to people that I know, I tend to give them nicknames when they don't have nicknames. Like, again, Tom, my producer, that's his name, Tom. Uh, Sometimes I'll call him Thomas. Sometimes I'll call him Tommy. Why am I doing that, and does that change him based on what I say? Yes, it changes him. Because what we do when we allow somebody to give us a nickname, then we are literally saying, I will show you the qualities in that name when I'm around you, and I will not show you my other qualities. So he will change based on who I call him or what I call him? Yes. So when you call him Tommy, he's more agreeable and more likable with you. And when you call him Thomas, you're saying you're being obstinate and you're being stubborn and I need you to be different. Huh. And what about just plain old Tom? And Tom says, I expect you to be the very best and do your very best and raise to the highest. Interesting. That's fascinating. What a science. And you call it nemology. I call it nemology. And what's really cool about it is Dad would call me and say, and, you know, I'd like to talk. And I'd say, hold on one second. Just let me finish writing down my thoughts. And then I'd come back to him and I'd say, okay, I'm all ears. And after a while he goes, what are you doing all the time when I call that you've got to pause first? And I said, well, I'm figuring out the patterns in these names and in the letters. And he, he's asked me then for five different people. Okay, tell me about these. You know. And when he gave me the sixth name, I said, Dad, how many times is, names do you want me to do to show you that I'm onto something? And then he goes, well, that's interesting. Okay, I get your point, but what are you going to call it? And I said, I think I'm going to call it alphabetology because I'm using letters in the alphabet. 
And he goes, yeah, but you're not studying the alphabet. You're studying names, so call it namology. And so I said, Dad, you can't trademark a common word like name. And he said, spell it the Latin way. N-E-I-M is the word for name in Latin. So he told me he wasn't going to endorse this. He's a scientist and a doctor. And he says, I'm not going to endorse it. But I thought, well, how ironic. The man who refused to endorse it literally named it. Interesting. Now, when I look at your name, I would think just off the cuff, your name is Sharon. But it's, and it's spelled Sharon, but you pronounce it Shodon. Yes. Tell me the Sharon, difference there. Because it has an accent on the O. Okay. Okay. Now, is this something you created, or did your parents do that to you, or what? <laughs> yeah, I always say blame my mom for my name being hard to say. That's right. The, um, yeah, she gave me the name Sharon, but because it, everybody called me Sharon, and I was constantly correcting people, and if you're a visual learner, that shows up in your name. And I thought, one-third of the people out there are always going to mess up my name every time they see it written. Right. So I legally went down and had the accent mark added. Now, what that did to my name is it made both the first vowel of an A, which is already a first vowel with those characteristics, but the O would have been a middle letter, and now it causes it to be a second first vowel when you're interpreting it because of the accent mark. What about somebody, like in my case, once in a while I'll use my middle initial, which is R, when I sign documents and stuff like that, but I almost never use my middle name, which is Ralph. How come? So the name Ralph says, I think differently than everybody else, and sometimes I'm not as comfortable fitting in. So the fact that you don't want to use that means you want to be able to fit in with everybody, which goes along with George, because the name George has all these wonderful letters that say, I can get along with anybody I want to, and I have this generous heart. Now, when you add just the R in the middle, you're saying, especially when you're signing, you're saying, this had better be an honest document. I'm being honest and authentic in my intentions, and I'm declaring that with my R. And I used to like the great uh, newsman, Edward R. Murrow, and when I heard that R, I went, I've got an R. I like that. It sounds strong. Yes, and it is, and it also stands for honesty and discernment. Interesting. Now, in the 17-plus years I've been doing Coast to Coast, Shadon, I don't think I have ever had a guy named Ralph call the show. I don't. I can't. I can't remember a Ralph ever calling the show. We've had all kinds, but not a Ralph. Well, I've only known one in my entire life, and he was a custodian when I was a school administrator. There's not many. There was uh, what was the in the Honeymooners show, Ralph Cramden. Remember you? That's just, that. It might be before your time. Jackie Gleason in the right. the Honeymooners. Not before my time. I've seen that one. <laughs> yep, Ralph Cramden was his name. He's the only other Ralph I remember. Yeah, and you know you can tell from what's the popular names. Like every year, they have the top ten girls' names and right. the top ten boys' names. They go like in a in some kind of streak or something. Well, what I do is I look at them and I say, "What is it our society is now valuing?" Because you can compare all those names together and see what is now being valued. For an example, in 2020, what is being valued? Looking at the 2019 names, is we want our men smart. And we want them flexible, and we want them to think outside the box. We want our women to be likable and to be kind. How come some names that were used years ago, 1800s, 
have just merely disappeared like Jezebel and stuff. I don't think anybody's ever called Jezebel anymore. What happened to these names? Well, I think people understand subconsciously that some names are not really positive. And when you want to name your child, you want to give them the best chance of success out there. So when you realize, like, Jezebel in the Bible was a, a... not a positive name. And so as that comes into people's awareness, they go, oh, I'm not going to do that to my kid. That's interesting. So I don't think kids are called like Bielzebub or anything like that, are they? (laughs) There's a lot of made-up names in the United States where in different countries, they literally will give you a list, like in Norway. You can pick any child's name off of this list, but you cannot have a name that's not on this list. Uh, I know I know a girl who is a anchor person in uh, Montana. Her first name is Phoenix. And it, that's a different name to name somebody, right? Are you naming them after a state, or how did that happen? Well, it's what it means. First of all, you've got Phoenix Rising. And so you look at Phoenix as a positive because of the Phoenix Rising. And if you look at the names and the letters, it says this is going to be somebody who can think outside the box, who's going to be able to hold their own, and is going to have great left and right brain coordination so that they're going to be able to excel in both the left brain tasks and the right brain tasks. So that's a fabulous first name. Interesting. And your websites, of course, you named Uh, it yourself, didn't you? Yes, know the name. Because I always thought that if somebody was hearing it, and they were not, you know, where they could write it down. They could think later, oh, I need to remember that name. I need to know the name of that website. You go, oh, yeah, that was it. Know the name. So somebody like Ted Bundy, who was the serial killer, that was his name. That's what people called him. Would things have changed for him if people had called him Theodore? He has confrontation in Theodore, but in the word Ted and in the name Ted, unless there's something in the last name to counterbalance it, there's anger. Anger shows up four different ways in names. And some of the ways say, I can get mad enough to kill. And that's what shows up in his name of Ted. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.